0: Just a young kid hustling. I know hustling. where this is going, yeah. Yep, so I'm like, hey, let's go, to, <laughs>
1: let's go to Instagram. And it's the episode a lot of you have been asking for. are with Ryan Johnson, Card Collector 2. How are we doing today, Ryan?
0: I'm good, Kyle. How are you?
1: Doing pretty well. Um, so we're recording this on a Sunday. The Ohio State-Notre Dame game was last night. I wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick. The defense looked better.
0: Yeah, defense definitely looked better. Uh, I don't think Ohio State would have won that game last year. Yeah, right. Defense I agree. last year struggled a bit, and the offense just wasn't clicking early. And I think losing Jackson in the mm-hmm. second play of the game, right, that changed a lot of the team chemistry up. So offense just seven points eight through eight minutes in the third quarter, yeah. like that's heck of a job on Notre Dame's part. So. Yeah, it was a good game. It was competitive. It, it, I think it was fun. It's it's
1: she was rocking.
0: Yeah, she was rocking. I mean, Notre Dame and Ohio State; those are prestigious right. all-time college football schools. Like, it's good for college football. I'm a college football guy, so it was fun.
1: Are you gonna come with, when it's in South Bend? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. what we like to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, the name card collector two. At what age did that come about, and how?
0: Uh, so, card collector two was kind of by accident. It. My journey into cards. And about 06 is when I got into it, right? Get into the online forums, sports card forum, Beckett forums, mm-hmm. blowout forums. I spent a lot of time on blowout. <clears throat> my name on blowout is card collector, right? And I got, uh, as time goes on, I was using photo bucket a lot. And photo bucket started to charge for like uploading photos. Cause that's where you were telling people, Hey, look at my photo bucket. We can make a trade. And photo bucket was starting to charge. And I'm like, just a young kid I know hustling. Where this is going, yeah. Yep. So I'm like, hey, let's go to let's go to Instagram. Instagram's a free place. I can use the URL for my Instagram yeah. bio instead of Photo Bucket. Uh, when I went to Instagram, this is infancy er- days for Instagram. This is thirteen, right? So yeah. it's nearly ten years ago. And got on there and was like card collector and it's well, it's taken. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, thought it was early enough. So two was my lucky number growing up and I was like, Well, let's do card collector too and yeah, that's so one of the questions I hear the most is what happened to Card Collector One? Um,
1: but he's out there know. floating around yeah. somewhere just waiting to make his comeback. Yeah, one day. <laughs> um, so you're obviously a big name in, in the hobby. You do content very well. Um, what the feedback I get when we were prepping for this interview and even just watching your content, you're also known as like one of the really good guys in the hobby. Uh, is that something that's intentional or is that just your background? You came up that way or? Do you go out of your way to be to make sure that you know you're saying hi to somebody or reaching out on social media? I, I I I'm wanting to know how intentional that is.
0: Well, we always try. Like, I'm not seeking to be a bad person. I think the thing is always trying to be as as best we can. Especially like you say, like, do you go out of your way to hi somebody? Like, when we go to shows a lot, that's a big part of our content. The big thing for shows is like when we see people and they're like, Oh man, I watch your content. Like to me, like that's so cool that somebody would take mm-hmm. the time out of their day to be so excited and say what's up and want a picture. And you only get a, you know, one chance to make a first impression. Right. I just, I would never want somebody to be like, Hey, this guy was an a-hole in person. Right. He was rude. He didn't give me the time of day. So I really try to like give people like uh, give people time, talk about them or talk with them, give, give help, stuff like that. I think a lot of our content though is like intentional for kids. Yeah. Like I want to inspire the 14, 15, 16-year-old. That's when I got into it. Um didn't really have a ton of people that I was like inspired by as a young card collector. It was very taboo. It's a lot different now in cards. Like it wasn't cool when we were kids, right? Like right. I didn't tell my buddies I collected cards. It was kind of weird. Um so I, a lot of our content is focused on kids and inspiring the next generation of card collectors.
1: And even watching some of your previous content, I, I I've enjoyed the transition of uh, I I kind of liken it. Stay with me to the path of Jay Z, because I mean you started as like more of a more of a breaker, um, and now it, it's kind of transitioning into more of like a mogul you know, and just like overall, like bigger personality. And like you said, starting to cater some of your content for kids, which is going to help grow and then get the next generation going. Um, Again, again, was that something that was intentional, or was that just the natural life cycle of a content creator from there to here?
0: Yeah, I I don't think it was intentional. Uh, Like when I first started producing content, I first got into cards, like the only goal I ever had was to own my own card store. Like, that's what I wanted. It was something I've wanted to do since a ki- Since I was a kid. I enjoyed that face-to-face interaction. I enjoyed building it. Like, we started with 550 square feet, no air conditioning, and 11 hobby boxes in the shop, right? This, in three years, has turned into something very, very, very cool. Um, and it's been great to build it with people I care about. Uh, but it wasn't my intention to get into content creation and brand deals and this or that and different avenues of the mm-hmm. business. It's not something I really sought out. It was just kind of something that just happened naturally by progression, so.
1: Follows the good work. Let, let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Getting into the hobby, I know you were a kid. Yep. Um, I believe you started with Pokemon, Yeah. correct? Yep. Um, how old were we talking when you started getting into that?
0: Yeah, I got into Pokemon, I was really young. This had been like late 90s, early 2000s. Do you have any left, Pokemon? Not from that days, no. No, nope. I ended up selling a lot of my stuff. Shout out to my dad. Uh, sold, <laughs> sold like my Pokemon and my Game Boy at a neighborhood garage sale. Like the neighbors let me put out some stuff. Got my Charizard stolen. <laughs> sold my Game Boy for like 10 bucks. My dad was so mad. <laughs> um, so sold a lot of that stuff early. But
1: uh, nah, What'd no. What did the transition to sports cards look like?
0: Uh, well, it was about third grade. Kids were stealing Pokemon at, the sc- at school. So mm-hmm. the principal's like, hey, you can't have these. So, Pokemon, you just weren't allowed to bring them at school, so it wasn't as much trading. Um, and then one of the kids I was friends with, his grandparents, I remember buying him, like, 2001 Rookies and Stars football. So, I remember ripping packs. That's some of my earliest memories of, like, cards, is ripping 2001 packs of football with him. Um, and then one of my first PCs ever, Donnie Nicky, has products, is uh, has Rookie cards in 2003 Sage. Um, so... He went to the same high school I did. He was much older. It was kind of like my idol growing mm-hmm. up, right? He was years and years ahead of me, but played at Ohio State, won a national title, went to the NFL. Like from a small you know I graduated with 125 kids. Like it's yep. you know, small town to that kind of success was cool. Um took a little off and then really got into it in 06. That's when I really got in.
1: And then so you went oh six and all the way up into I believe it was twenty eighteen. Is that when you when you bought a shop?
0: Uh, I bought the shop in May of 2019. Okay. Yep. What
1: was your professional life before buying the shop?
0: Yeah, so I worked at <clears throat> I worked at Verizon for a few years. When I came back, I went to uh, Miami. Okay. In Oxford for a few semesters, ended up transferring home, and then got an internship at uh, Verizon, doing some like calls and stuff like that. And spent a couple years there, and then ended up getting on at uh, Columbus State doing some like grant work. Okay. So that's what <clears throat> I. I test my decision to give a lot of credit. My decision to quit my job to like Gary V. Mm-hmm. Really inspired by a lot of Gary stuff. So when I was working at Columbus State, it was a lot of like data entry. So like student management, enrolling them in classes, demographics, stuff like that. So I'd have two screens up. One was on Gary and just in the background watching his stuff and getting motivated. And one of them was just work and did that for two and a half years and. I quit my job right after my wife and I got married in in 18, so.
1: That's an awesome story. Can you give, and I know you've done this a few times so you can fly through it, give a little background on buying your first card shop in those early days. I know reading some of your past interviews um, that just capital at the beginning and being able to get wax on the shelves was kind of the biggest barrier. What were those early days like?
0: Yeah, early days were a lot different because... wax like the allocation you could actually really build one back then wax wasn't as hot as it is now right so you didn't buy something and then every single person in america wanted it next day um, like it is now with breaking being as big as it is so getting product and yeah like you said capital that's a big thing i was this was 2019 market wasn't on fire i had just quit my full-time job and got married eight months ago seven months ago so uh is intensive so like we talked offline earlier but like a deal would come in for 500 and i needed that 500 mm-hmm. so we would flip it on you know ebay or to somebody else and would just flip it it was it was as quickly as we could get it it was a lot of the big thing was liquidity like i needed cash flow to be able to buy supplies buy more boxes buy different offerings that was that was what i really focused on early was if I could buy a deal for 1000 and flip it for $1,200, well, I now had $200 more to buy something else. Yep. So I can now buy different Pokemon. I could now buy different Blasters. I could offer a different supply. I could get a value box and put up 200 more dollar cards. Like it would really allow me to offer more and more. So that was what I was focused on early was how could I get as many offerings as possible? So when you came in and said, hey, do you have this? My answer was more than likely yes. That's what I was trying to get to is you come in and say, hey, Ryan, do you have this? And I got, and I could say, yes, that, that was what I, what I, what I really focused on. But with boxes, I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for Andy and Ryan Bannister. Like okay. Andy at Indie Card Exchange and Ryan at RBI Cruise. Both 7. Both been on the show. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good people. And I would not be here without them because when I first started, again, capital and boxes, those are two big things for a shop mm-hmm. and I didn't have... A lot of either. But what those guys would do is they would sell me four to four boxes to a case on a lot of things that I needed. I'm like, Hey, I need this. They would always leave me room. So they yeah. would, they would always sell stuff for less than I, you know, less than I could get it for elsewhere. And it was like, Hey, and I didn't have to pay it the same day. They would give me like seven to 14 days. That's awesome. And it just, it, it helped me get more product on the shelf and not have to use all my cash immediately for it. So I could sell some of it and then pay for it. And I, I can sit here and tell you I would not be here without uh, without those two.
1: That's awesome. What 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 has your staff evolution looked like? I assume it was probably just you and your wife early on?
0: Uh, Well, Reg has never been full-time in the business.
1: But I mean, <laughs> even just like helping with Reno's yeah. in the early days and stuff. Yeah, such. I
0: mean, I've got pictures and I've posted this before, but like there are pictures years and years ago. This would have been right when I... So one of the first things I ever did with like cards and like more of a business mm-hmm. was in 2016, I would go live and razz cards like raz cards, raz boxes. So I remember buying like two cases of origins football, going live and razzing all both cases in the same night. It was the first product I ever did. And I was like, this is crazy. Back when you <laughs> could just go, I mean, we went live yeah. and for a young kid, I mean, like I was a young entrepreneur. I'm like, to move that kind of volume mm-hmm. to $5,000 in product in one night, I'm like, this is crazy. Um, to see that and there's pictures of like her the next day on the floor putting labels <laughs> uh, like she used to cut labels before we had a label printer she would cut the labels she put business cards in all the packages and she's on the floor and did it so yeah I, I owe everything in the world to my wife um, but yeah staff like it's I didn't hire my first full-time employee till it was Dustin in like May of 2020 yeah right so basically a year into it um, I had some part-time help early on shout out to to Nick, he would he would work on weekends and during the summer and he was a high school kid and he would help sleeve and top load and mm-hmm. do price and God love him, it, it helped early on. Yeah. Um, but Dustin was my first full time employee because what happened was is like when COVID came, you didn't know what like global pandemic, they're gonna close everything down, people are gonna lose jobs, there's no sports, yet cars exploded. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Right. So when we had to generate revenue, well, I had a major platform. Mm-hmm online to sell things right we had the instagram following it's it's continuously grown and it was big at the time so to be able to sell boxes on there during the day i mean it was crazy we were selling we were doing breaks three four times a day it was wild it happened overnight um so dustin came along and he helped with that kind of stuff during the day and then we just hired more and more and more and it's uh we've you know we've had turnover and we've hired a lot and it's it's been a, a learning experience to say the least, um, but yeah, it's. I wouldn't be here without anybody and everybody that's ever been a part of this business. I. They, I, I just get to be the face. They get to. They do all the all the, the hard work. They make it all happen. So it's it's been a journey.
1: Speaking of being the face, you're known for your content. It's. I mean, probably the best content in the sports cards arena. As we hear, shout out to
0: the fire truck, man the the fire department doing their right job the road, and <laughs> do- they just come right down to right down to Main Street here and just blare it.
1: Doing their job on a Sunday, I love yeah. it. Um, but you, you probably do the best content in sports cards. Um, what does? I mean, I want to say a typical day, but you can kind of you know, high level that what's a typical day look like, I'd say both in shop when you're trying to create content. And then when you are going to a card show?
0: Um, that's a good question. Depends how motivated I am. Okay. That day. <laughs> um, there are some days like we did a day in the life on YouTube two weeks ago mm-hmm. and got up early, did a little, did a little workout. Um, been getting into that lately just trying to get mental physical health right i think that's important right it's one of the things i've worked a lot on in the last eight months basically since the start of the year um just go 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 all the time like it is a grind it is a grind away from family away from friends on the road a lot and wasn't uh wasn't focusing on myself as much Mm -hmm. and slow down a little bit in that aspect where i'm trying to trying to work on that so that's usually how i start my day now um and then depending on what the day looks like it's email and messages like communication is a big thing for us we just get a lot of inquiries about cards and content and shops and buying and breaking and whatnot and so many different things that are involved in the business so try to get to some of that stuff early and then it just depends on what's going on that day. It depends on what's coming up. Are we traveling soon? Do we have a big whatnot sale coming up? Do we need more stay-at-home content, like breaks or mail day or day-in-the-life, things that don't require us to travel, or like, by the t- I think this is coming out Thursday, I think you said? Yep. Thursday will probably be in Dallas. We have content prepared for that, so scheduling stuff around that, meeting with Brian, my uh, full-time videographer, about what some of the next couple weeks look like for our content. Um, Things like that. So,
1: how do you decide what shows to go to? Um,
0: that's a good question. It's a really good question. I don't know if I have an answer that is uh, uniform to answer it. It's just kind of a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. So, last like yesterday, the Phoenix show was happening. Yep. We have friends in Phoenix, so the guy that does our merch lives down there. Uh, we know the guys over like Phoenix Sports Cards. They're great people. Would love to see them. But Ohio State played Notre Dame. The- <laughs> Uh, Not happening. Not happening. (laughs) That's the answer. It's just not happening. Um, Like Ohio State plays Arkansas State next week. Like Ohio State football. Trumps most things for us unless we have to be somewhere to mm-hmm. really produce something. So when Ohio State plays Arkansas State next week at noon, I will not be in Dallas, Texas. I will be in the Horseshoe in Columbus, really, five thousand miles closer. Even parties. Arkansas State, yeah, Arkansas State, I'll be there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ohio State gets six, seven, eight home games a year. Uh, yeah. That's take advantage. Yeah that, yeah, that 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 takes precedent for me. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's what are shows we've had success at, right? So there's three shows I typically will. If I can be there, I will be there. Ship Shawana, mm-hmm. Indiana. Shout out to my guy, Brad. Love that show. Love going to that one. Love the people there. We've been there since it was in its infancy days. That's a good show. Um, Chantilly, love the people at Chantilly. They're great people. They have big name autograph guests. So we get to talk to some of those guys. Like we've talked to Chase Young and Zeke and Max Crosby and Terry McLaurin. Like that. there's there's good access there. So that's it's great for content. And then Dallas. Been going to Dallas since you know November of 2020, the pre or like right in COVID, because it was one of the only shows that was open. So Dallas blew up early because of that. Leo and Kyle are amazing there. So those are the three we really try to go to. And then it's hey, what makes sense? We went to Burbank
1: a couple yep, weeks ago yep. because
0: that was first-time show. Wanted to do some content out at Burbank, um, West Coast doesn't have a lot, so we went out there for that. Sometimes Boston. It really just depends, but. That's what I got,
1: and I think it would surprise a lot of people. To see you at a show. You'll go bar- bargain box hunting.
0: I prefer to bargain yeah. box hunt.
1: Do you have yeah. any tips for listeners on because you obviously do it well; it's working. Yeah, so I mean, without it, giving too much away. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> so we did a series. Uh, we partnered with whatnot for a series. It's called Value Boxing. We have one hour to spend two hundred dollars. Uh, so we went to five different shows. What we try to do, because one of the things we hear a lot is like people will say, "Hey, you only get deals because you're card collector too." Mm-hmm. Like somebody commented on the last video, "I'm going to take a fake camera guy around to the show with me next time, and I'll get better deals." And it, it I understand the concern. So what we try to do is like value boxing doesn't require any sort of like special deal like they're priced they're under five or ten dollars like it's relatively cheap stuff so we did a series that was like hey we went to this small show in st louis we went to this big show in chantilly we did this show on a thursday we did this show on a sunday like we really tried to create all these different scenarios where value boxes would be different right different parts of the country different days of the week different size levels for shows um And we talk a lot about some of the tips and tricks to look for there, like old 90s numbered inserts, Letterman autos, Mm -hmm. right? Why Iowa Hawkeyes sell really well and why they have a following. Um, Just different, like, jersey numbered stuff. I'm really big into that. I believe that is a big part of the market. I think people always underestimate that stuff and overlook it, especially in value box stuff. We have a ton of success there. Um, So, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I do want to talk... Your Ohio State PC a little bit. Anyone that follows you on Instagram can see the big hits. So we're, I mean, we're talking. You have some really unique things, whether it be jerseys, helmets, a lot of one of ones. Um, do you think you have the biggest Ohio State PC in the world?
0: Uh, I doubt it. No. Uh, there's a uh, probably in the last last few months. i really tried to get into more like the game worn stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because I've I've got a lot of the cool cards of the guys I care about, right? Like, the JT, JT Barrett and Braxton are, are my biggest two. Like, when Braxton came out, um, I used to work with his uncle back mm-hmm. in the day, so talked a lot about Braxton there. I was there when they won a national title. Like, Braxton was really the first guy I fell in love with post-Donnie Nicky at, like, Ohio State, and Donnie was 15 years earlier. So, like, when Braxton was there and playing quarterback, like, it, it was wild. So I, Braxton was really my first guy. Um, but over the last couple of years, or the last couple of months, it's been a lot more like, game-worn. Like, I got an the game-worn, signed jersey, Dobbins, Nick Bosa, like, that kind of stuff I really, really enjoy. Um, but I've seen some Ohio State collections, especially in the game-worn side, that are crazy. So that's what I'm trying to do now is make my collection more, like, holistic with yep. the game-used stuff, some tickets, some, like... Rings and player exclusive stuff like rings. I have a pair of gold pants. Oh, I say, gets those beat it for beating Michigan. Yep. I have a pair of those. That is probably the my favorite piece in my collection. I bought those from a player, um, so that's really really cool. Uh, card wise, my my collection is is pretty cool. It's it's my pride and joy. It's something I really 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 enjoy collecting, and it it also keeps me like grounded and brings me back full circle as like, Hey, why I started doing this, right? Like I always say, I would collect these cards if they were worth no money at all. Mm -hmm. I just happened to do it for a living. So yeah, my Ohio state collection is, is
1: is fun. What's a Holy grail item or two Ohio state related that could come through that door that you're buying. No questions asked.
0: Donnie, Nikki game used Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Donnie's, uh, he lives in Columbus now. He came to my opening day. Um, His one of uh, his kids collects cards. So they come in that they've been in three or four times since we've been open. Um, So it's cool to see them and talk. And I posted uh, one of the guys that works for me, Logan, had found a Donnie game issued jersey on Facebook for like 200 bucks. but And he sent it to me and said, hey, do you want this? I'm like, yeah, buy it bought it and I posted on my story I said, or I posted on my page like this is like one of the closest things I've ever gotten to a grail and Donnie and I tagged Donnie and he commented and said uh, he commented and said I've got a gamer for you just stay tuned so that's kind of the item I'm, I'm looking for
1: I have a few before we get to the last few questions I have like quick hitters just some top, top line thoughts um, underrated product right now it could be um, let's stick with wax for now
0: Underrated product, Obsidian T-Mall soccer.
1: Okay. Player or players to buy currently?
0: I don't do a lot of that stuff because I don't ever want to get accused of pumping something. I made one comment on car talk about Kellen Mond replacing Kirk Cousins one day, and that ended. (laughs) Do you have much Kellen Mond before he got cut? No, no. (laughs) That was that was such a poor decision. I might Um, have a little bit of Kellen Mond, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Somebody asked me the other day who do you like looking for in value boxes right now? I think the sneakiest one is Damien Damien or Damon Pierce.
1: The Texans running back. Yep.
0: Like I hit a Mosaic auto the other day from Mosaic Draft Picks, and it's up to it was like up to $106 in wow. five days um, or with five days left. So it got up pretty quick. Um so that would probably be one of the guys to keep an eye on for at the moment, especially in terms of value boxes. But in terms of like who to buy players that have won titles not players that may win titles
1: Um, any for the listeners that are more into holding wax any wax you think right now is worth buying to hold
0: Uh, depends on your budget right so if you're starting low-end prism megas right prism is the brand for retail it's one of the brands in cards so is it worth more or less in a year typically I mean, I understand supply is gonna be really high, but I really like Prism Megas, especially the ones with autos. Um, that's the kind of stuff we buy and will hold is, I just believe as supply goes down and demand rises, especially with the 5QB class plus Jamar and Najee, I think 2021 has potential there. I think it's gonna be a popular popular year. Outside of that, if you have unlimited money, right? Uh, the best stuff to buy is high-end products that are easy to break that don't have retail. Yeah. It's always the best advice I would give you, flawless, NT, that kind of stuff. And they get into retail, so like Select, Prism, and Optic have been watered down a little bit over the years with the hybrid versions, with the retail, you know, hangers, cellos, blasters, megas, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot more of it. So typically I say always start with the better stuff that doesn't have retail. That's typically your safest bet if you believe in a class.
1: How often do you rip?
0: More than I should. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) What's the biggest hit you've seen ripped here?
0: Um, we had a Herbert NT for a customer in a break. Wow. Um, here, there's a cool video. This is early days. Somebody had a playbook vault, Patrick Mahomes, one of one auto in 2019 playbook. And wow. I bought it Yeah, and I still own it to this day. <laughs> and it's a very, very cool card and it got hit and he freaked out. Uh, it was a great, it was great. It was really, really cool. Um, but that's probably one of the biggest cards I've seen hit pull here. Um, yeah.
1: Do you ever get collections in here that are just like jaw droppers that people are looking to move? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We've seen some cool stuff come through here. We've, we've been fortunate to buy some really, really cool stuff, especially from some good people. Um, it's always fun to, the, it's fun to buy collections that also have stories behind them. Like we bought a vintage collection right when we had opened from a guy whose dad had passed away and collected vintage and was like really sentimental and really talked about it and just to hear his story about it and what they meant to him. And it just, it was, it was really cool. So there's, there's been some unique opportunities, um, some cool cards, but getting to know the people, especially in some of the bigger collections. We've purchased some bigger collections and to to meet the people and hear the stories behind them is, is really cool.
1: You mentioned tickets when you were talking Ohio State. Yeah. What do you think of the ticket market?
0: Doesn't really do a ton for me. I think it's a unique piece of history. Like I, I used to do it a lot more than I do now, but like I would collect newspapers. So like anytime any major sporting event has happened that affect like that I care about, I'll buy like the paper. So mm-hmm. I have like a lot of the Patriots Super Bowl titles from Boston. I have a lot of the Ohio State ones. I have the Cleveland, all the Cleveland papers from when the Cavs won yep. with LeBron. So I keep stuff like that. So I I understand it, especially as tickets become more, you know, NFT, all digital kind of stuff. Um,
1: Ohio State's all digital. Yeah. All, all digital. Yep, yeah.
0: Right. So as, as that goes away and you can't get full tickets anymore, I think that kind of stuff is a unique play. Not really for me unless i unless I went to the game I, that's what I prefer to collect um, We'll see it's just it's not something I've dabbled in
1: sixteen seventeen eight year old kid watching right now they want to be you. they're wanting to get into content, whether it be sports card or something else. Can you power rank these four mediums in order of importance between YouTube, TikTok Twitter, and Instagram?
0: Oh man um.
1: That's a good or even give me the couple maybe you think they should focus on first.
0: Uh, short-term video for YouTube and TikTok. Okay. Yeah. 60 seconds or less. YouTube Shorts is a big player. It's a really, really big deal. It's an easy way to get sh- quick, short-term content. But I think the strategy that's worked really well for us and that I would give to a lot of people is w- what we've always focused on is let's say you buy, you sell me a collection that's 10 cards, $100 each, $1,000 taking that one lot and turning it to content on all four of those platforms mm-hmm. doesn't take that much longer, right? I can take a video saying, "Guys, check out our pickups in shop," right? Flip through the cards, show them front and back, talk about them. 60 seconds or less, I can get a video. That video is now good for TikTok and YouTube. Yep. Right? So you can post on both. It doesn't take anything but a but an account, right? So if you know a little if you spend a little bit of time on tags and thumbnails and that kind of stuff for for YouTube, um, I think I think it can go a long way. But if I'm focusing on two right now, it's going to definitely be uh, YouTube and TikTok. All
1: right, last couple questions. Actually, we'll, we'll go with three more. Do you have hobbies outside of sports? Golf. Golf. Yeah. Ohio State football. Okay.
0: Ohio State. Yeah. So two, pretty much those two right things.
1: Do you ever uh, like watch movies, TV? Or are you pretty much just no, you know? no, <laughs> no, nah.
0: po- Posting content, watching other content, learning. It's I'm focused on my craft. So if I'm if I'm watching. If I'm watching anything, it's the only thing outside of Ohio State football I would really watch is uh, as F1. Okay. I will say my wife tries to fall asleep, and she's been trying to get into the new Game of Thrones because we watched that in the past. So I will probably watch those episodes with her, but that's probably the extent of my, my TV watching. What about Ohio
1: State basketball?
0: Uh, So we have a coach that comes in here with his kid. Really nice guy. Um. So I root for the Buckeyes for sure, but Ohio State's just a football school. So yeah.
1: you're not going to like every game. No, no, okay.
0: no. There's a lot of games.
1: Yeah. No. Um. So last couple questions. These are ones we wrap up with everybody. Um, overall f- thoughts on the future of the hobby. I know fanatics is obviously coming in. Um, you still seeing arrow pointed pointed up? Um, you know, it could be wax, could be singles. Like, are they? Is it dependent on draft classes? Is, what are you seeing with the future?
0: Yeah. It, lot of a lot of unknowns but i'm optimistic about sports cards right regardless of what fanatics does or the the class there's 55 60 years i mean since what tops 52 right you got a couple things before that but there's a there's a lot of history in sports cards and i'm optimistic about the popularity and the 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 growth of sports cards i think sports cards are only going to continue to grow as as a sector i think you're going to see a lot more uh, I talked a lot of, I've talked a lot about it in the past, but like, I think eventually Barstool gets into it and yep. really brings it mainstream. I, I think fanatics is going to get a lot of athletes involved, bring it mainstream, continue to bring it mainstream. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of growth in it. Do I think it will, um, it will have ebbs and flows depending on draft classes, depending on production, depending on a lot of things. Yeah. Right. A recession could slow it down. Overprinting could slow it down. Um, delays in production could slow stuff down right if you're not able to print product there's a lot of things that could happen but um yeah i'm optimistic about sports cards in general i think it's a great hobby it's a especially for younger kids it's a good introduction to entrepreneurship into Mm -hmm. business into finance into a lot of things that i think are valuable for uh, a young person you don't learn in school um so i i'm i'm pretty optimistic about about sports cards and over the, the long period.
1: And this has almost been a, a lifelong hobby for you. Obviously, it's your life now. Um, what, just some high-level thoughts on what makes the hobby special to you and why you continue to, I mean, you, you could do a lot of things for a living. You continue to choose to do this. Why?
0: People. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to meet some really, really cool people over, over the long time I've done this. Um, you know, the people I work with every day, right. I enjoy building it with, with those guys. Um, it's fun to come in and, you know, build something so special every day with people that share the same goals. But also I look back on the journey and realize, you know, in 2013, I got on Instagram a few years later, I met Kentucky basketball cards, Jimmy, right. Mm -hmm. It was in my wedding, right. We met through Instagram, right. And he was in my wedding and, uh, I have another buddy, Tony who lives, uh, lives out in PA came to my wedding, met through Instagram. Like we're, we talk a few times a week now, like uh, it's, it's really, really a cool hobby. And it's, it's something I enjoy passionately, but the people are really what make it, make it fun.
1: I want to thank you for your time. And I, and actually a lot of the DMs that came in when we said we'd have you on, um, more than a handful of people said, just thank him. (laughs) don't thank you for you know doing what you do for the hobby so it's much appreciated um and again letting us come in here on a sunday morning thank you for your time can't thank you enough uh it was a lot of fun
0: absolutely appreciate you having me appreciate the kind words and appreciate you guys uh coming out here and spending your sunday with me especially after that tough loss
1: (laughs) Uh, i I knew it was coming
0: (laughs) i I do uh, i do appreciate it a lot
1: (laughs) thanks ryan